Hello and welcome to <laughs> Hello and welcome to One Ish Past Scary Podcast. Uh, this is Kirsty Sayer. I'm already laughing because I'm with my son Finney, Jonathan Sayer, and that is what we do a lot of because Finney is the funniest man. He is hilarious. Um impersonation spot on also just a really kind nice person and i'm honored to have him join me today this is very cool of you thank you finney you're welcome okay um i was talking about synchronicity which is um a term by carl jung and i was also saying um that he um had brought into sort of brought to mind a topic that i really want to cover on the same day that i it was brought to mind while i was running um and then it became a topic that was kind of in the news in our town all in one day. So I really felt like this was an important one. And he agreed. And here we are. So I will tell you about the thought I had when I was running. When I was a very little, little girl, I must have been no older than eight. I'd say probably around seven. I was sitting in the bath in, um, we had this huge green huge green bath and I was sitting in it. I loved that bath and I was playing with a bar of soap and I was holding a bar of soap and experimenting with how when I held it really, really tightly, it would just like slip straight out of my hand, like violently. It would skate across the bath. And when I held it really gently in the palm of my hand, it just sat there. And I was intrigued by this. And I remember the thought came to mind, wow, parents should be like this with their kids. Isn't that crazy? And I know, I know I was seven. And I think people will be like, sure, you thought that when you were seven. <laughs> sure. Sure. But I did. And I remember because I went and told my mom and my mom said, you would like that, wouldn't you? But she must have been somehow a little bit impressed by the fact that I created an analogy in my seven-year-old brain. And I've never stopped, stopped since. Um you know, I'm obsessed with analogies and sometimes they really are quite good and sometimes they pretty much aren't. But I just love an analogy. And so I don't know what made me think of it while I was running, but I was excited to come home and tell my kids about it. And and I think it was because maybe it wasn't the same day. Maybe it was a couple of days earlier that you had come to me. And, and what did you I don't want to put words in your mouth. You had come on your own volition, just kind of like we have this really little house and as my kids get older, I have become increasingly grateful for it because I sort of station myself in the center of it and they walk past me in the comings and goings. And as they have a thought, they kind of just burst out of their room and tell me about it. And then I'll start like rambling away to them and they'll just drift back to their <laughs> room. <laughs> they'll just drift back to their room. Yeah, it's, while it's I'm too much sometimes. Yeah, of course. While I'm still speaking, but it's so great to get their insights too to interact with them like that. So in one of those bursting out moments, you just kind of strode out of your room and like told me something. And do you, you know what I'm referring to? Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. And, um, it just like came to my mind because I was encountering situations where I saw some of my classmates were doing, you know, irresponsible things. And I, and I, I immediately made the connection that, you know, their parents are a lot more hovery, I guess, helicoptery than my own. And so, and I'm not doing those, you know, making those irresponsible decisions. And I, you know, I figured that, and back to the analogy, you know, the lighter you hold the soap, 
you know, it's just going to stay. But if you squeeze, then it's going to go off on its own. And I figured that's why those kids were making those decisions. So, cool, thanks. Um, So I was like, yeah, but, you know, it's a matter of personality. And you guys have always been inclined to be good kids, I think. And he was like, well, I, he felt like he could draw a direct correlation between some of the actions and just the sense that maybe those parents were being controlling, right? Because there's a difference between being neglectful and just checking out of parenting and holding gently. And there's also like, and I'm always really, really disinclined to go off on parenting, especially as my kids get older, because I know that everybody has a whole long life ahead of them and you guys aren't done yet and neither am I and I know with my own parents I'm estranged from them as things got you know as I became to understand different things in my life so I never want to be like hello I'm the expert and we are perfect (laughs) and look at our family and and like and completely you know follow our lead because Nobody is. And I I feel like I've made gigantic mistakes as a parent, even though I was doing the best I could. And I feel like my kids have transcended those the best they could. But, you know, there's a long life still to come. And there's a lot of therapy that's still probably going to have to happen and all that. So I want to really put a big disclaimer. Like, I don't think I'm a perfect parent. My kids certainly know that I'm not one and don't believe for a second. But in this... They have expressed gratitude, and, and Caroline also is also um, our other high schooler, has expressed gratitude um, recently, kind of also on her own volition, as to us having struck a good balance that she felt. Yeah, and I feel like it totally depends on your kid's personality. You it know, does. I, I feel like it all just settled into place for us, especially more recently, because when we were younger, it's, it's, it's obviously different. But like as we grew up, we matured, we had a strong relationship with like our siblings and parents and we're able to express ourselves and be more open. And that's why, you know, we've been successful and our family has been successful. So I think it totally depends on the family and how the whole dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's so complicated. And so I, I just don't want to put us as like, yeah, we're on this great pedestal and the Sayers will never fail. And I'm like, come on, like we have a bunch of kids and there's a lot of life and, you know, we just don't know. And there's so many factors that go into making mistakes and not. And I don't necessarily think mistakes are a terrible thing. I think that they guide people toward what their path is going to be. And sometimes a bunch of mistakes in your youth allow you to become a really massive influence to somebody else later on. Um, so, you know, I just like this, none of us is preaching. However, um, the next thing that happened made me super, super sad. I went to this meeting at the school. So the school created this environment. <laughs> We're both laughing about it. The school had this meeting. Um, basically they bribe people, parents to come because that thing was standing room only. I arrived a little late because that's how I am. And, um, I was horrified to find that I had to take a seat like center, like middle of the, this big auditorium, this, um, huge, it's a really big space with a lot of, a lot of seats. Um, and I had to sit like maybe third row center, which is so awful because I was 
effectively hemmed in and really like people could see me if I was going to leave. There's no escaping. And I wanted to escape the second I sat down and they started to talk because I was so uncomfortable with the direction the thing was going in. So what happened was it was about um, being aware of drugs in um, our kids' lives, which is, you know, like we all need to be alert. But they'd set up this little like bedroom and they were teaching parents how to ransack their kids' rooms and yeah. this and, you know, and, and like don't trust that a water bottle is a water bottle and don't trust that a tampon is not being soaked in, in alcohol and used to, to get drunk and don't trust that a literally everything was something else. And I was like, are you serious right now? Like, why? How is this helpful? It was the most fear mongering thing. And it immediately created this dynamic of mistrust between parents and kids and us against them and I was like this is the most destructive and horrible thing I've seen in a really long time in terms of relationships yeah and it was super like just hearing about the meeting was just super upsetting because they were doing the cops and the teachers were doing exactly what you shouldn't be doing they they were like adding fuel to the fire yes I love that by going and you know saying don't trust your kids don't because that's just gonna you know encourage them and it like destroying that trust even if there was some there to begin with is just gonna make the whole situation so much worse so it was super upsetting hearing about that and all all of my uh classmates were incredibly upset about it too and like a lot of them don't have good uh relationships with their parents to begin with but they're like how is this gonna help and this is the thing as a parent you gotta realize something your kid is always going to be smarter than you if they want to hide something trust me they're going to outwit you if it's online if it's on your phone don't make this a game do not make this some kind of competition between you and them because trust me you're going to lose you are going to lose they're always going to be more savvy than you they're going to figure out a way if they want to hide something from you it will be hidden um you do not want to engage in that battle parents no 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 it's you're gonna lose i'm so sorry well actually i'm not sorry because listen it's a horrible way to engage with your kid it's mean how would you feel or maybe this is how it was look i'll tell you how i felt i was in um i was a really really good kid so the same thing personality inclined to just not be rebellious inclined to toe the line also very much conditioned in a very unhealthy way and then came an incredibly like destructively controlling uh father figure and so um and i remember that i was sufficiently freaked out by my religion not to have sex before marriage and I was not inclined to because I was terrified of being pregnant and there was just a lot of things like I was not inclined to do that but my uh, stepfather treated me in such a way that um, and treated my boyfriends in such a sort of mistrustful way that at one time, I remember making a conscious choice. He was so like all over us and weird and mistrustful that one time my boyfriend came to visit me and I remember making this conscious choice. Okay, he so does not trust me that I'm going to make sure to let my boyfriend come to my room tonight after he's asleep. And honestly, nothing happened. But I remember that was it wasn't because I necessarily wanted my boyfriend there. In fact, when he did come, I was very uncomfortable and I sent him away, to be honest. But um, it was just like, yeah, I'll show him. There was that moment and it was not my 
personality. I was honestly not inclined to do it. I wanted to do it because I was just so fed up of not being trusted. And so I think maybe that happens. But it's like, okay, so you want your home to be a refuge for your kids. You want your home to be a soft place for them to land that when they do get into trouble, they can come to you and everybody has trouble in their lives. Everybody, right? Everybody is going to screw up one way or another at some point. And so when your kid does screw up, who do you want them to go to? Yeah, it's like when you want your kid to be able to rely on you. And if you're if you're constantly being mistrustful and stuff, then they're going to go somewhere else when things are going wrong. And usually that's not the right place. So when things go wrong, you want to have that that trust. And that's the trust that I have in my home. And again, we're not like saying that we're the perfect family, but it's just the trust has been built because we have been trusted. And well, and when things start to go off the rails, right? You have been able to come and say, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And so that's helpful because the thing is, I don't always know what to do, but I hell of a know what to do better than you do or your friend does in this case because I've got... Mm-hmm. How old was I when you were born? 28 years of living on you. And I know other people even smarter than me. And so I can figure things out. We can figure it all out together. And the thing is, I think kids get into trouble because they don't know where to turn. And then in trying to get out of the original trouble, they dig themselves just deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's the tragedy of it all. So if you think you're going to intimidate your kid or be able to keep them out of trouble. And that's the thing. Parents love their kids. That's what it comes down to. Parents love their kids and are fiercely protective and just want them to have a good life. And we all have that same goal. And one of the cops said in a very well-meaning way, look, I don't want to be my kid's friend. I want to protect him. And if it comes, and of course I want him to to like me. And I was like, sure you do. He goes, at least some of the time. And I'm like, sure. And listen, listen, like there are times that I've had to lay down the law and you guys didn't like me for it, but it just was what it was, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to give up being your kid's favorite person sometimes because you have to make uncomfortable um, boundaries, right? Sometimes you have to set boundaries which they're not thrilled about. And it's hard. Um, but he was like, if it comes down to protecting him or being his friend, I'm going to choose protecting him. And I'm like, yeah, but you can also choose being safe, being a safe place. And so it doesn't have to be I'm your cool best friend, right? We don't have to be like, I know I'm not as cool as my kids as friends. <laughs> you think I don't know that, but I know that. I know that I will never be as cool as your friends and I'm not going to try to be. But I can be safe. And I can be trusted. Um, and that's, I think that's what it comes down to. What do you think? Like, Yeah, I think that it's, obviously it's more important that you're, you're trusted as a parent than being more of a friend. But I feel like that, it's kind of a package deal. Because if you're trusted, then inevitably you're going to become closer and more right. of like a friend figure while also being respected. And, you know, so... It's just yeah, the, and there's the times that so, I've had to say, "Oh yeah. no, don't talk to me like that." Yeah, I'm not your friend. Respect me. I'm your mom. You so know. So obviously that that <clears throat> it's just it's a really hard balance to create, and I think it all starts with the trust, in my opinion. And trusting, having that trusting relationship, would just start. It will open so many doors for the relationship with your, like you know, a 
parent-child relationship. So, And the thing is, look, it is kind of a tricky balance, but and we've worked through it and we continue to, and that, and that comes through talking and communication. So sometimes I felt like, yeah, you guys are getting way too familiar with me. I don't like the way you're talking to me. This, it's swinging too far toward friend or disrespect. And I'm like, yo, no, I'm still your mom. Um, don't talk to me like that. And we've talked this through. And then you'll be like, hey, what What the hell? <laughs> You're changing the rules. And I'll be like, no, look, <laughs> you know, and we've talked it out and it's been heated, but we've kept talking. And I'm really grateful to you guys because um, I think it's shown a lot of maturity and co- commitment to the relationship on your part that you will talk, keep talking to me even when you're mad. You know, even when it's you've wanted to go to your room and slam the door and that's happened occasionally, but then we've cooled down and continued to talk. And I think a lot of credit goes to you guys because you've been committed to the relationship when and you say, like, sometimes it's a bit much. She just keeps talking and then you drift away. <laughs> you know, you go to your room and like, that's enough now. Or you tune out. <laughs> Um, so it hasn't always been easy on you guys' part. And, and I think that's another important thing. The kid has to be committed, right? The yeah. kid has to. And so that's that's something I'm grateful for. So what would a tip be for you to your your friends in terms of creating better relationships with their parents? Because I can give par- parental tips, but you yeah. are in a position to give your friends tips. Um, I would just say that, <clears throat> you know, that they are there to help you. And I think that knowing that and knowing that, like, I feel like there's a lot of fear of like disappointing. Yes. And then that that goes on and creates a worse relationship. So there needs to be you know, you need to know that you're not it's your parents, you know, yeah. they love you and you need to know that nothing bad is going to happen from opening up to them and telling them how you feel and stuff and that would just create a better relationship. So that's my tip is know that you're never going to disappoint your parent, you know? They're never Well, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. Let's be real. You are going to disappoint your parents. Yeah, they- and that's okay. They're yeah. not going to stop loving you because you disappointed them. And there's a way worse things in this world than disappointing another flawed human being, right? Because your parent yeah. is not perfect. And there shouldn't be this idea that if you disappoint them or you ruin this careful image that maybe you guys have created together of mm-hmm. who you should be, that, that that there's no coming back from that. And, and my advice to a parent would be like, don't create, because I've made this mistake, don't create this, we know, we know you will never let us down. <laughs> we know, you know, don't, don't do that. Like you're perfect. You're so wonderful. You are just perfect in every way. I did this. I went the other way because my parents would tell me like some stuff and I'd go like, you don't know what a good kid I am. You have no idea. You do not give me credit for what a good kid I am. And they were like, yeah, cause you're not that good of a kid. <laughs> Like my mom would say stuff like that to me and I'd be like, you just don't even know how lucky you are to have such a kid. And she would say, yeah, well, because you're not. And I sort of had this and, you know, that aside, whatever, she was doing her best, I'm sure. But um, I had this reaction to that and I would try to just always inform my kids how much I loved them and how proud I was and impressed with them I was. And I am. And that was completely 
that was genuine. But the thing is, I unknowingly also built them up to think that they couldn't fail. And that caused an incredible amount of stress for at least a couple of my kids. Mm-hmm. Well, all of you at different phases, right? Yeah. And so I think it's good to create this balance. Like, look, I think you're wonderful. You're an incredible person. I trust you that you're going to come out just fine in the end. But you are going to make mistakes. And when you make them, you can come to me, right? Yeah. I think that's the kind of balance. Have you ever felt like... I think there have been times that I think, right, I've, I've maybe made you terribly afraid to disappoint me. And we've worked through that. Yeah, I think that I, I, it happens with everybody. You know, yeah. Everybody, everybody is scared of disappointment. And like I said before, like you can, you can disappoint your parents, but it's not going to stop them from loving you. Yes. So it's, that's just something that you need to know. And obviously you, everybody is afraid of that. Everybody's afraid of disappointing somebody. And that's why, yeah, that's that's the biggest And that's the problem. And that creates this lack of communication. Mm -hmm. Like I have to hide, I have to hide this and this and this because people think I'm that. And in the end, the truth will out. Ultimately, the truth will out. And I always tell my kids, I'm going to be so much more disappointed when inevitably I do find out when you've screwed up and you couldn't tell me. And I'll tell you why I'll be disappointed because I'm going to be disappointed in myself that I didn't make you feel safe, that you couldn't come to me when you were in trouble. And I had to find out under duress. I had to find out from a cop. I had to find out from a principal. I had to find out from a friend who was worried about you. That kind of disappointment is going to be disappointment in myself because I failed. And so maybe you don't want me to feel disappointed in me. Um, and my kids love me. And I guess they don't. They want me to know that they trust me enough to talk to me. So what what happens if somebody's already in a toxic loop with their parent? How can how do you suggest how can they work together with their parent to un- dismantle that toxic relationship of either perfectionism, they see they've got their kid on a pedestal, my kid will never do anything bad, or they don't trust their kid at all, so the kid is just like, fine, fuck it, I'm going to do whatever I like, or whatever. What um, What do you think? I think it really depends. In some cases, you, the parent needs to loosen their grip. Okay. And so maybe they could take this to the, their parent and be like, let's talk, let's listen to this together. Yeah. Yeah? It's like... <clears throat> they need to they need to create I feel like in both cases there isn't a trusting relationship so even like when the parent is super like even when you're put on a pedestal you're there's not a trusting relationship because you're incredibly scared of letting them down so there's not trust you're not going to tell them are they maybe also incredibly scared of punishment yeah so let's talk about extreme punishments what do extreme punishments look like in your generation because that's another thing you said you, I think it was Caroline. Caroline came home from school and said, we've been talking a lot about punishments. And I realized, I don't think I've been punished. That's not part of our family kind of dynamic. I, yeah. I don't fear all of these things that might happen because we haven't really dealt with in that currency, that, current, that punitive currency. So what kind of stuff happens to kids in your generation a lot? Um, definitely phones getting taken away. Okay, so why is that a problem? Um, I feel like I get, it just it all goes back to trust because when you take that away, they're just it just completely destroys that relationship. I don't know, and it's just like parents know how important it is to their kid. So and when so, a phone is taken away, how would it feel? Like 
how would it feel for a kid to have their phone taken away? Like, what is the what is the type of emotion that a kid expresses? Because they talk to you about it. They don't talk to me. I'd imagine well, that they feel isolated and freaked out. Yeah, and they and they and then that leads to anger, and then you know. Do they find other ways to get online? Uh-huh. He's like looking like uh, obviously. Okay, <laughs> he's got his uh duh look on his face. Yeah. Um. This is the thing, so you guys. Just, when creates, you take your phone, yeah. your kid's phone away, they're gonna find another way to get it's, online. And then they're they're just angry, so. And they're mad. Yeah. So now they're mad, and they are online, and they hate you. <laughs> uh, like short term, but they're yeah. yeah. Very good point. Okay. So taking phones away, isolation leads to self destructive behaviors. They, yeah, because when they're isolated. Then they just they're just thinking with themselves, and the only thing that they can think about is just like, wow, my parents. My parents know. suck. My life sucks. Yeah, my parents don't of, understand me. Because a lot of times they take their phone, and then they go storm off to their room, and then they're all angry, and then they start thinking. They're like, instead of the parent should go up there and communicate with their kid and tell them why they're upset, and you know, instead of just taking their phone and just leaving it at that, because then it just lets the mind run and. Yeah, the mind runs. And that is a dangerous thing when we start to ruminate into these dark things like of feeling misunderstood. You know, kids are human beings, too. And when imagine I want I want to encourage parents to put yourself always. And this is what I try to do when I'm when I'm being intentional as a parent. I try to put myself in my kids shoes like, okay, so your boss or whoever it is, the person who's important to you, the person who you want to, you know, sort of impress who has your also a lot of control over your life who is in control of your safety and all that stuff um is now isolating you from the rest of the world and taking away your freedom and all these things how would you feel first of all you'd feel freaked out i would feel frightened i'd be like what now and then you start to self-loathe you loathe the boss you loathe yourself Life itself seems terrible and scary and unmanageable. Are these the emotions you want to stir up in your kid? Because we do bad things when we are self-loathing, when we are angry, and when life feels unmanageable. That's when we turn to things that we don't want our kids to turn to, right? Mm -hmm. Self-loathing turns to bad habits and numbing behaviors. That's when we turn to drugs. So you want to be a roadblock, um in this like spiral of Mm self-loathing and try to make life feel manageable for your kid and talk to them and be like, things are actually going to turn out. Okay. This may seem catastrophic right now. And so does that mean that parents should just be, let their kids do whatever the hell they like? So how do we create a balance there? It's like, it it really, it's like, it's impossible to define how you, create that balance and it really depends on the relationship and you need to feel out your relationship with your kid and where it is at this time and then you need to you know find out how you can create that trust and then so communication yeah it comes down to communication yeah so so do you think it would be fair to say that if you think things have gone off track and we're we're gonna wrap up now because Finney is audibly yawning um which (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is curing me that I'm talking too much. But, um, and honestly, I just want people to listen to this and to this for this to be accessible. So we're going to wrap this up. But I think that, look, if you feel like your relationship is totally off track with your kid, 
or as you as a teenager or whoever feel like your relationship is totally off track with your parents and you want to start over do you think it would be fair to go to them and say i'm not happy with how things are going between us i want to feel like we're on the same team yeah can we talk and that would be an incredibly mature thing to do and like and kids think that's i feel like if a kid went to their parent and said that they would the parent would be like taken aback and yeah wow let's do this no parent would ever be like what no you know so like that's honestly saying that to your parents like the best way to start and that's like an incredible way to begin building that relationship and like and it's just a few words just opening up to your parents say listen i want this relationship to be more trusting i want this relationship to be you know more open so that we both make better decisions yes and so that we can like each other forever for one thing and just be on the same team i want us to be on the same team that that's music to a parent's ears so if you don't feel like things are where you want to be and this is going to be a process you know and parents if they've been doing it a totally different way for a really long time and their parents did it to them that way and their parents did it to them that way they think that's right and trust me every parent just loves their kid and wants the best for their kid So coming and saying that is not going to make it everything all right immediately, but it will start a conversation. And that's communication is genuinely everything. And the time, and you know, I have to say, I mentioned that I'm estranged from my parents and that's due to abuse and everything. And I would be very willing to have a relationship um, with at least my mother um, if she had have been willing to communicate. Yeah, I think it's important for parents to realize that at some point, your kids are going to be adults, too. And, and like, right? you need to treat them and you need to keep that in mind because eventually they're not going to be relying on you. And then that and then the relationship is cut off. Do you want them in your... The, yeah. Do you want your kid in your life long term or do you want them to be like, okay, well, I've played this game. I've pretended to respect you all this time and now I'm on my yeah. own. See ya. Bye. Yeah. Um, no, you don't. You want your kid in your life forever. I know I do. So... Start the conversation. Be patient. Keep talking. When you feel like you want to slam out of your room or slam off to your room or whatever, keep talking. If they take away your phone, keep talking because this is going to benefit you both. It's hard work, but you will be heroic in doing it. And it, you know, it'll save your parent too. Honestly, we're all human beings. We're all in this together. Your parents do love you together we might want to edit that part out he started it it wasn't me okay um but yeah we are all in this together and we want families to be happy that's that's my goal like my goal is always like listen i want people to be happy i want people to have a safe place to land i want people to have the love they have for their kids rewarded by having their kids in their lives for a long time. And I want kids to feel safe. It, it makes me super sad that kids don't feel like they can talk to their parents. And I know it makes parents feel really sad if they, they sense their kids aren't talking to them. So that's really the goal of this. Nobody's, we're not trying to flex our awesome relationships <laughs> because, you know, Ella's still to come, hey? And anything could happen. (laughs) So we are very humble. We're still really humble. Um, But communication is always great. Thank you so much, Finny. You're welcome. You're awesome. I love you so much. And I'm so glad you're my kid. Um, And thank you for tuning in. If you want to talk to either one of us privately about this, you know where to talk to Finny if you're his friend. Um, And... 
I am always open to chatting with anyone. And if you would like to talk me to talk to your parents, I can do that too. Or I can hang out with both of you and broker a relationship. This has happened before um, where I have sat with parents and kids or just with parents and given them some insights. And it's been awesome. It's been really productive. And I'm so happy to do that. So, yeah, we're here to help. We're happy to help. We're not perfect, but we have figured a few things out that we think um, are good. And we're really happy to help. Um, I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. Bye-bye.